Hello everybody, welcome back to Farscape Rewatch. This is Season 4, Episode 4. I am Kamwa Hats and with me is Red Nightmare. You know what I like? What's that? Volcanoes. Yeah, everyone likes volcanoes. Volcanoes are cool. Yeah, so let's do a whole planet of them. Yeah, planet of volcanoes. <laughs> because if something is <laughs> worth doing, it's worth overdoing. Hi, everybody. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, this episode is called Lava's a Many Splendid Thing, <laughs> which is a pun or play on words. It is a, you know, love's a many splendid thing. It's a it's quote. It's, yeah, uh-huh. it's just a lot of lava. Everywhere online, right, where I went to the... Farscape Wiki, the Wikipedia page for the episode, a few other places, uh, like Screen Cap page, and it's called Lava's a Many Splendored, S-P-L-E-N-D-O-R-E-D. On the DVD, it's called Lava's a Many Splendid Thing. I was going to say, it's very clearly written there. But everywhere else, it says Splendid, not Splendid. Figure it out, Farscape. (laughs) Figure it out, fans, I would argue. I don't know. Like, if everywhere else is saying that's what it's called, then the DV- I, I don't know who to believe Look, if anymore. it's on the DVD, that's that's canon, right? That's, like, the only and... historic material we have left. I don't know. I, whatever. whatever. We'll, we'll just go with this. It's fine. So, yeah, we are now four episodes into season four. And, of course, we still have to catch everyone up on what's been going on because... This episode, again, starts out with previously on Farscape. With a bunch of things that happened in the last two, three episodes, I'm like, there's a lot of focus on Grazer. I'm like, I don't think this was necessary because she doesn't show up in this episode. No, I feel like it's necessary to if you're trying to get people up to speed. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't come up in this episode, so it's not a big deal. It doesn't no. last very long. The situation, though, is that we've got everyone apart from Pilot, Moya, Aaron, everyone else is all together... But they're aboard Dargo ship Lola, and they're towing Crichton's module, which is out of fuel. Yeah, and last time he was in his module as he was being towed. And then at the start of this scene, he's in Lola, and I'm like, how did he get there? There's no airlocks between those things. Yeah, I mean, you can you can come up with some way that they did it, that there was like a an air shell or something that Dargo ship put around so that they could hop in. Or they landed somewhere and he yeah, got out and got probably. in. It's fine. If there'd been a cut in between two scenes and he'd moved without any explanation, <laughs> then enough. we would have a problem, but that's not what happened, so yeah, we're fine. John has acquired the magical powers of teleportation. Whoop. No, no, he just used a wormhole to switch between ships. Sure, all right. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, they're all huddled together in Dargo's ship, and there's still no sign of Moya. Everyone is starving. They haven't eaten for days. Rigel is complaining the most, of course. He has three stomachs, so... yeah. There's a planet uh, in front of them, actually, but it's uh, Rigel wants to land. It's like, can't we land? Can't we just get out and find something to eat? And but the planet is a hot planet. It's lifeless. There's just rock down there, so it's not worth it. But Chiana says, "Well, I think I could eat a rock right now." <laughs> you're desperate enough it's everything starts looking appetizing look everything is edible at least once <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah that is true and sakozu is sakozu is sort of not impressed because she's like well what you only ate three days ago how inefficient are you she had a counter with how edible are you and everyone you know is just hungry and tired and of course we get rigel 
right or farts in yeah yeah it's a small confined space so it's this is worse than normal and john basically asked like is there a way to turn down the window in this thing <laughs> well and like is they do that and they actually they show it just going back to normal like it, yeah, like, it they, fades. They, they, they turn down like the pitch shifting mm-hmm. and yeah rigel's like he just i would need food and also naranti is there who remember if we got her name last episode that's granny that's the old woman mm-hmm. thank you for mentioning it again because it's not mentioning the in this episode and i forgot like once she says her name in this episode but yeah that's it's easy to forget because john in his way just calls her granny all the time yeah (laughs) but she's sat there and she's just seems to be spitting something out into her hand had something in her hands before but she spits on it and just like a large green thing and then she hands it out to people says it's chin lag it's a restorative Oh. And here you go, here you go, Rigel, and have a bit. And then it give, she gives a bit to everybody apart from Sokozu. Yeah, Sokozu's like, I don't need to eat food right now. And John also is like, now give it to Rigel first. I don't. I want to check if it turns him into a newt. And so Rigel eats it. He seems okay with it. And so everyone else has a bit. And John's like, how, how come this tastes like chicken? Why does everything taste like chicken? Yeah, and Gianna's like, what, what's a chicken? And then smash cut to them landing on the planet, <laughs> everyone bailing out and throwing up. It's a team bonding episode. It's great. I, it's a, they, a team barfing episode. Yes. Say. Well, because they, they land and Rigel goes out first and he's like, you can hear his stomach. He's like, if yeah. anyone needs me, I'll be... Oh, oh. And then the <laughs> others get out and they're like, and just throw up on the ground. So I start, I watched this last night. It was, it was in the evening. You and were having dinner? I was having dinner. I had some soup and that was a bad choice. <laughs> I was like, I'll just sit down with some food and I'll watch the episode and get ready for the podcast tomorrow. And like about four or five minutes in, I'm like, oh, this was a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I had like, it was either during lunch or breakfast. And like, I have a pretty strong stomach, but there's a scene a little bit later in this episode where I was like... Okay, I felt that. It, nothing happened, but I felt that one. Something was wrong inside you. You yes. were like, oh. So anyway, the, yeah, everyone's getting out to bath, and <laughs> ev- just, uh, yeah, they're all just throwing <laughs> That's up. That's the sentence we said on this podcast. Yeah. Everybody went out to bath. They did. And Naranti then says to John, like, oh, I can give you something to help the cramp. And he's like, no, get away from me. I am inside out right now. <laughs> I bet you're not hungry anymore. Technically true, yes. I don't think I'll ever be hungry again. And Rigel, oh, that's what he says, right? Rigel says, I've, he's gone down a nearby hole for a, he needs a massive schlock. Okay, remember how last time, like two episodes ago, we were like, the loony? Yeah. they added another word for that? Okay, schlock was one too many. (laughs) On the other hand, they couldn't really say shit. (laughs) They had other alternatives. That's true. Anyway, so there's basically, there's a large stone structure with like a hole in it that seems to go down into a cavern. And so Rigel goes down there and the others follow him. Eventually. Eventually. Once they're done throwing up, they're like, okay, let's go find Rigel. And so they they follow him down into this hole. And there's a big, big cavern down there. And at the bottom, there is some crates and some boxes and things. and Bits of treasure down there. And Rigel's taking a look at it he's just looking he's not taking anything well aside from maybe a few things yeah he swipes an amulet or whatever and Mm -hmm. john says 
hey, that stuff belongs to somebody else. I like that what Dargo says, because Dargo takes the thing, like, chucks it back that Rigel had and says, look, we have enough enemies already. <laughs> yeah, it's like, let's not make any more people mad. Because they're like, well, I thought you said this was a lifeless planet. It's like, yeah, but somebody will be upset if we take Apparently this. a pirate buried his treasure here. Let's not get, like, Captain Nebula beard of the seven... Uncharted territories. Let's not piss them off. Let's just let's just go. Let's just leave. We didn't want to come here in the first place. But Dargo throws the uh, amulet to the floor, and there's a red light and a red circle on the ground that seems to go off. Nothing happens. But then Rigel is like, "Okay, well, fine." And some people are making uh, making movements to leave. Chiana and Sakosu are already outside. Yeah, Chiana and Sakosu are up top by the ship. And the rest are down inside, including Naranti, who's found like, oh, look, there's medicine in here. Oh, I'll take some of this. No, put it back. We're not taking this. Rachel, grab that amulet, put it back, let's go. And he reaches for the amulet, triggers what looks like a laser tripwire or something, Mm. and just... He gets encased in amber, I yeah, guess. Yeah, no, he shoots does. shoots up. Yeah, but he gets solidified around him, and he's stuck, can't move. And also, the hole that they came down in gets closed off with another bunch of amber. Mm-hmm. So they're trapped down there, and there are the, the red light that he tripped, it's vertical, like, laser thing. And they, the loads more of them go off around them. Like, they shoot up, so they know there are many more traps there. And Argo tries to shoot his way out the plate of amber that's blocking the cave entrance and that doesn't work so we're stuck yeah and you can see chiana and sakozu banging on it from the other side and it's not you know that they're, they're, yeah they're trapped and of course rigel is he's stuck this the dumb thing is rigel hasn't gone to the toilet yet so yes. he still needs a schlock and, and he's, he's trapped in amber and complaining yeah, about it he's, he's trapped in amber up to about his neck we can still see his head and he's like Get me out of here, I need to go. <laughs> oh, also, did you catch, as they were walking down the uh, into the cave, there's one line that <laughs> Dargo and John exchanged. It's like, also had a bit of a barf response to me, because John says, like, ah, oh, I got a chunk stuck in my nose, and Dargo responds, oh, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> like, oh, no, no, don't give me that image. No. No. Oh, man, I... All right, uh, well, I will talk more about this later, but the one of my favorite things about this episode is the banter between Dargo and John. Yes. It's so good in this it's episode. It's so good. Because there's another bit where uh, Naranti is, once they're trapped, she's rambling about the markings on the crates, and John's like, Dargo, we have to, we may just have to stick her in a hole if we're going to get out of this. And Dargo's like, I think we should burn her. What I like, though, is the response of, like, John's like, well, that's like that's something you do to your your elderly, and he's like, no, it just sounded like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Oh, <laughs> so I, I I really love the writing for this. Yeah, it is it is very good. But, but yeah. so they're they're discussing what they need to do, but then they hear people coming. Okay, so the owners are here. Well, shit. Yeah, and the people coming, and they just dis- they turn the traps off. They disable them because uh, they've come back. And Naranti, she recognizes the markings, and they're like, oh, they're Tarkin, Tarkins. And John's like, no, come on, we got to hide. And, like, Rigel, play dead. So these supposed Tarkins come up, and it's... Well, they're basically, they, they look like pirates, really. They look like stooges. They do. They look sebation, they look human, they're not, you know, aliens. No, but they look like, they have, like, puffs of hair, partially bald, 
yeah. one has like a, a bigger eye than the other, or at least a bigger iris. They're dressed crudely, and they've got guns, and they've got like some, you know, equipment on them. <laughs> they got over-designed guns. Yeah, they really do. It's like they added three, four more sights than there needed to be on the sides of the gun. It works aesthetically very well. Yeah, but they are definitely stooges. They, they're made out to be kind of dumb as they mm-hmm. talk to each other. And so John and Dargo are watching from the side, you know, hiding. And they say, we should take them out. And it's like, okay, these two, yeah, we can do that easily. But then, like, well, what if there's more of them? We should be so lucky. Yeah, 100 more of these guys? Yeah, please. Get some target practice in. But Naranti is like, well, no, 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 no need for violence. They're Tarkins. Tarkins will understand. Granny, stay here. Shut up. And yeah. She spits something in John's eye and just walks out. And at this point, also, the um, Tarkins have found Rigel because he fart. He 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 farted, and they found him. It's like, hey, what's this? It's like, is it dead? Mm, it smells like it's dead, but it's not yet. No. <laughs> and then like, are you here alone? Yes, I am. Hello. <laughs> well, Rigel says like, I'm sorry for disturbing your work, and like, no, wait, you're a thief. It's like, no, there's no one with me. But then the they come someone else. They're like, yeah, we found an intruder. We found someone, and they say, don't touch him. I'm on my way. And then yeah, Naranti goes out and introduces herself. And says, like, we, I have heard of you, Tarkins, we've all heard of you. No need for violence. And they say to Rigel, like, you said there was only only you here. It's like, oh, no, no, there's not not just uh, not just us, there's also a human in the Luxor. You see John and Dargo in the back being, oh. And, John, and they're like, come on, they're, they're just shy, come on, show yourself. And John's like, oh, God, burning's too good for her. Yes. <laughs> out. Oh, I love this episode so much. It's so much fun, a yes. lot of this. So they step out, and they're like, hey, guys, thanks for looking after you found Granny there. You are stop oh, wandering should... off. Oh, just, we should really, we should, really should really put her in a home. Hey, has any one of you guys seen our, my dog? Oh, Oh, you set off a trap. Okay, fine. We'll take take him along, and then uh, we'll be out of your hair. Sorry for all the inconvenience. The shoot starts shooting at them. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, why don't we all put our guns down? But no, <laughs> Bryce is like, get me out. Two other people turn up and start shooting at them. And, you, and Chiara and Sokozo are watching from the hole up top, and they're trying to see what's going down. And they're like, oh, that was that looked like pulse fire, and oh, what's happening? So Dargo and John shoot at the other bad guys, but they have body shields. So basically, the shot does not connect; it just flashes off a body shield. And Dargo's at some point like, "Oh, they're shielded! Stop fire! We can't hurt them!" Wait, they have body armor? Why don't we have body armor? <laughs> yeah, John's like, "Why do we have that?" That's a good question, actually. Why don't they have this? This was the point at which, and once I started thinking about this. And the rest of the episode also made a lot more sense. This is the most D&D episode we've had in a while. How so? Because that encounter with Naranti trying to bluff the way through and everyone, yes. like, it all going wrong and more yes. people turning up. It's like, that's such, like, a, like, John and Dargo, the, their players are like, no, we have to hide. And it's like, no, no, I I have good skills in, you know. I have good charisma. I can do this. We can do this. And then, like, no, they don't believe you and you bring the others out and then more people arrive and start shooting. It's like, oh, come on. I could just imagine the GM who's been like, okay, so they, I expect them to hide and then uh, at some point I can show them that they're, these guys are shielded so they really have to stay hidden. And then, uh, oh, oh, he triggered a trap. Okay, so that guy's trapped. Okay, that's fine. He can get captured. That works. He's more of a talker anyway. 
Wait, is she stepping? Oh god, no, 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 no! <laughs> also, the the bit about like they have body shields. Why don't we have that? It's like <laughs> you can, imagine, like, yeah, you you shoot them, but it doesn't do anything. It's like, well, why don't we have those? <laughs> it's just those those little encounter bits and the and the banter just made me think of like a a group of players and a DM. It's maybe also because I've been watching a lot of videos about about yeah. running D and D and stuff. But anyway, anyway. I know we've made that analogy before, and it just, especially with Naranti being like, I can talk to them. It fits so well. It's also like she, like you examine the markings, like, uh, yeah, you think they are Tarkin. And you're like, oh, uh, what, what do I know about Tarkin? It's like, oh, well, this. And like, oh, well, we should be fine then. And everyone else is like, no, we're no, not. No, no, no. I mean, Naranti is the new player. That's the thing. She was introduced a couple of sessions ago. She's like, oh, then they're friendly. Then we don't have to worry. This GM will never throw us a loophole like that. No, no, this GM does. <laughs> anyway, so they make a run for it. And once they've left, one of the men cuts Rigel, because Rigel's being supported like by a column of amber that mm-hmm. shot him up. So he like rips him off that. He's still surrounded by amber. Rigel's like, oh, thank you. This will be rewarded. Hang on. You didn't finish. Where are you taking me? And he puts him on like a vent that opens up and is, is basically a chute that sends him flying down. And this is like, what? What are you doing? Ah! Down he goes. And so back up top, Chiana and Sokozu have seen that all this commotion unfold. And that's the other thing. The part they got separated. The party's been separated. Yeah, so you've got split these, the party. So you've got these two, you know, being run... In their little section, and then everyone else. And uh, Sakosi says, "Like, well, we have to get to them first. And Chan's like, "Well, you're the genius. How do we do it?" And Sakosi says, "Well, the cannon on Dargo's ship." And Chan's like, "Without well, no genius, only Dargo can operate it." Look, I'll I'll see if there's another way in. So then Rigel comes out the bottom of the chute, and he's just lying there on the floor. And there are more men sorting through crates. And then we get a shot of his face, and his eyes open wide. And we cut to what he sees. There's a pool of lava in front of him. There's like steam and smoke coming off it. And somebody in body armor just walks out of there. Rises up out of the lava. There's also some dramatic music for this. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and he's carrying a box that seems to have... I took me. It didn't, I didn't notice it at first, but it seems like there's a bit of amber around it, which presumably protects it from the lava or something. But he comes out carrying that. And I'm like... Yes, <laughs> that was my response. Like, oh, that's it. that's a good way to introduce your villain. Thank you. Yeah, it's actually a really cool looking design of this guy because we see at first like body armor, and it's alien and it's got like a sort of ob- slightly uh, oval like long shaped head. The back it's got like little pointy uh, bits on the top of the head, but it's it's clearly some sort of like helmet he's wearing, and so he rises out of the lava. And that actually that's when we cut away but that guy just looks so cool yeah <laughs> so yeah john dargo and naranti are still running for the, from the guys chasing them and naranti is trying to explain who they are and says well th- these must be these are tarkin freedom fighters they're heroes there's no need to fight them and john's like you have noticed that they're shooting at us oh yeah but, but well, what do you expect you come into their house you take their stuff of course they start shooting at us. Just let me talk to them, otherwise this only ends with us dead or us talking to them. And like, let me mediate, she repeats. And, and Dargo's like, I, I think she should try. John's like, but she'll just get shot. And Dargo's like... And that's bad. How? Yeah. <laughs> John's like, huh. I think I said the banter is great. It's just like, but she'll get shot. And like, Dargo's like, yeah. 
And? <laughs> and? <laughs> so yeah, we cut back to Rigel, and he's being basically interrogated or... Yeah, questioned by the person who was wearing the armor, and they've actually taken their helmet off, which only covered like up to their, it didn't cover their whole head. You could see their mouth, but now you can see the rest of their head, and it's clear that they're alien. Yeah, because they have like large monocolored eyes, and like, it seems like you can see parts of his brain? Yeah, there's like bulbous like parts around his head, and actually, I think his alien design looks pretty cool, and he's got like yeah. a very strong pointy jaw it's completely black yeah it's sort of like it, i'm not sure if it's black or like dark dark green or it has very defined features despite being very dark and so fun fact so you know that with the armor that comes down over his eyes and there's no mm-hmm. like eye holes who does that remind you of that reminds me of the guy that played the weird insect in crackers don't matter okay but there was there's another there were a couple of aliens who can't see there's a guy who's a recurring character with the gauntlet. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember him. Bakesh. Same actor? Same actor. It's yeah, the same guy. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. That works. <laughs> it's like, okay, we need you to play another alien. It's like, can I see? No. God damn it. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Look, you're very good at navigating in the, uh, blindly. That might be why. It's like we need someone who's used to working in conditions where they literally can't see. So, uh, sure, all right. Here's an interesting question. Does it say in that actor's description if he's actually able to see or not? Because if he's blind, that, mi- that might actually be easier if you're used to it anyway. No, I, I think he's just, you know, used to performing in heavy makeup. Mm. So anyway, um, Rigel is being questioned by him and... We found out that his name is Raquel, and Rigel says, like, look, can we discuss this? Well, no, not really. You were trying to steal from us. And if I know from whom, I would have not done it. Yeah, right, Rigel is trying to suck up to him. It's like, oh, if I'd known it was you, I wouldn't have... The others are... And Raquel basically finds out that there are more intruders. I mean, his men tell him that. And he's like, oh, great, okay, we've got this guy, and we've got to deal with the others. <sighs> and his second-in-command is like, okay, because... The one that was chasing Dargo, John, and Aranti has basically cornered them. And Rakil's second-in-command is like, okay, I'll come up there and help you. And Rakil's like, no, we're on a schedule. I'll deal with this. So after Rakil say, says he'll take care of it, we see Naranti, John, and Dargo again. Naranti says, like, I trust the Tarkins. They're heroes, you know, they're good people. But John and Dargo are like, you know, we don't trust these people. But as said before, Dargo is like, look... We need to do something. I say we at least let her try. And John's like, all right, fine. We'll let you mediate. And and Naranti's like, <sighs> yeah. She's like, oh, yes, good. And then, <gasps> and just drops to the floor like, asleep. And John's like, but did she just, hey, Granny, oi. And I was like, come on. I was like, oh, God. And John's like, okay, she can't cook. She doesn't bathe. And now she's narcoleptic. She's a triple threat. <laughs> she's triple threat, Granny. Like, Oh god, okay, we just have to drag her with us. The cooking at first was like, hang on, how is she... Po- oh no, she said she could cook. Yeah, right, that's, that's, that was her intro. She was in the galley. That's how she advertised. Yeah, and so, yeah, she just falls asleep. They're like, oh great, this is going so well. There's so many face palms related to her in this episode, <laughs> and it's great. So we uh, then see Raquel, who's on the comms with the guy who's found or is tracking John, Dargo, and Naranti, and says, are there any writings on the wall near you? And he says, yes, there's uh, there's some purple markings. And Raquel's like, ah, perfect, shoot them. What? He's like, no, you heard me, shoot them. He's like, uh, okay. He shoots them, and just a whole torrent of lava comes through. Yeah, the guy gets instantly roasted. Yep. 
and the lava starts moving towards where John, Dargo, and Aranti are, and like, oh shit! They stand up on a plat- little plateau. Because it starts filling up. There's a chamber they're in, and it's filling up from the bottom full of lava. Mm-hmm. And there's like an exit on the other side, and it's like, okay, we need to jump over there. Uh, yeah, I can make that jump, uh, but, but Granny can. No, the old bat can. Dargo's like, well, old bats can fly. And it just picks her up, <laughs> throws her across. We actually see it, like there's a full like like shot of her just going Wee! and landing on the other side, still asleep when she lands. Yes, yes, still asleep. It was also it was that earlier scene and this one. I was like, this is a D and D encounter. Yes, <laughs> like yes. okay, you have to jump across the lava pool, but one of you is asleep. It gets better because John is then like, okay, I'm gonna be honest, I can't actually jump that. <laughs> Dargo's like, ah, oh, really? Give me your foot. John puts his foot on his on Dargo's hands and just flings John over. Yeah, it gives him a boost. <laughs> and I'm like, let's be honest, there's only one scene we could think of. Nobody tosses a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to vote for, vote for, I cannot jump that far. Throw me. But yes, the same <laughs> yeah, scene. Yeah, nobody, nobody tosses a human. <laughs> and so they both make it to the other side, but Dargo's still uh, trapped and the, the lava is rising. And remember, this is TV and movie lava, which if it's not directly touching you, doesn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to mention this a little bit later in this in the episode, but yes, this is movie lava, which apparently doesn't radiate insane amounts of yeah, heat anyway. Yeah, only hurts if you touch it. Let's go on a very brief, very tiny science tangent in that lava is so hot that even getting close to it probably just burns you yeah, to death. Yeah, like it's molten rock. To get rock in a molten state has to be many, many thousands of degrees. You know, it's... Or however hot it actually is. It, it's... It's not a comfortable environment. If you've ever seen like pictures of uh, geologists, researchers, you'll see them either they're standing far away from it or they are wearing lots of protective gear. Yes. <laughs> because the stuff is thousands of degrees warm. Radiating out from that, it gets cooler as you get farther away, but pretty close it's still like a few hundred degrees, which is... Enough to basically set your hair on fire. Yeah, the, have you ever noticed that around lava there are things that are on fire? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's why. It's like just, you get it spontaneously combust. Like you notice you get close to a closer you get to a radiator, the hotter it gets, and it can be uncomfortable if you put your hand on a radiator. <laughs> that's a radiator. That's just hot water. Hot rock? No, bad idea. It's like putting your hand in boiling hot water from 20 feet away. Yeah, it's, it's, you're still not even close. You're like, okay, let's leave. Anyway, yeah, this is, so yeah, this is movie lava, which is basically like orange jam. You know what also it is? D&D lava. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> well, it, depending on your GM, they may be, they may have like, there's a, there's a zone around it and every, you know, mm-hmm. how much rea- realism they put in the game. <laughs> Those do exist sometimes, mm. yes. But, yeah, so anyway, Dargo has to get across now. And it's, you know, it's rising. And because it's rising higher, he's not sure if he can actually make the jump. What he does is that, well, Dargo runs. He jumps. Yeah, he makes the jump just, but he's, like, tipping backwards, about to fall in. And so he flicks his tongue out. Around Granny's neck, who just woke up, is still groggy. He's like, oh. <laughs> and he like, pulls himself up that way. Granny knocks back out again due to this. As John pulls him for- further in, he's like, I didn't know you could do that. It takes some practice. 
<laughs> he actually slurs a little. Also, there was a line um, before they did that whole sequence when it just starts filling up with lava. They're like, oh, great. We're in trouble. Same Dren, different planet. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I, I, again, I, well. I, 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 I keep pressing this, but it's like, that's like, this is a group of players who have been through this many times. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Okay, they, they escape the lava trap. And uh, then we cut to Chiana and Sokozi trying to get Dago's ship to work. Chiana couldn't find another access to the controls. Uh, Sokozi's trying to power things up, but Chiana says, like, look, I told you, only Dago can operate it. But Sokozu says he'd be a fool not to set an override. Yeah, about that. <laughs> well, like, he's like, surely he must have set an override. Like, really? He's like, well, he's a fool if he didn't. Like, really? And like, oh, great. Chiana's like... Look, he saved your ass more than once. Have some respect. And she's like, okay, fine. It wouldn't be very smart of him <laughs> if he hadn't said it override. And he hasn't said an override. So Chiana says, well, we just need, we don't need Dargo. We just need his DNA. And she, she has a look in her eye of like, I know what to do. And I love that Sikosa is like confused looking like, Why, where is she going? I'm like, you're the genius. You should have figured this one out by now. Can I just say that the bickering between... Sokozu and Chiana is great. Yeah, it's really good. And uh, it's I, I I was happy with where we left Jewel in the previous episode. It made sense for her. But when we like when we look at Sokozu and Chiana bickering, I I still can't help but think of like it's it's kind of like they're doing Jewel all over again, but better this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Sokozu actually brings something to these discussions. Yeah, and has much more of a defined character. It's like oh, okay, I like that. It's good. But it, it still reminds me of how much they wasted Jules' potential a lot. Yeah, I, th- I think no matter what happens, that's going to be a reminder. It's going to be in the back of my mind a lot, probably. And like, it's not to take away from Sokozu's character, because it no. it's a good character. But I hope they do take it in a different direction and they don't end up being really good friends. <laughs> or something, <laughs> you know, something to differentiate it. Who knows? I hope so. Anyway, we cut back down to Rakeel and... He tells the leader of his of the men. So, like, there there are Sebations, or you know, human looking uh, people mm-hmm. that are basically the grunts, you know, doing all the work. And Rakil, who's the alien, he seems to be in charge. And but there's a leader of the Sebations, and he's talking to him like, "Your people are useless." Yeah, because that guy is pissed off that that Rakil got one of his men killed by telling to shoot the purple writing and just covered in lava. And it's clear that these are two people who are working together. You know, alliance of convenience. Mm. And Rakil's pretty much like, I don't care about your men; they're worthless anyway. Oh, one thing we've actually seen in the scenes with Rakil and these men is that they have a a large sort of apparatus. It's like a gun that shoots out a uh, vapor, and it takes away the amber. And so, yes. what's what they're doing is they're taking crates out of the lava. And taking the amber off them to get to what's inside. That's just that's just in the background of these scenes. Um, just thought I'd just mention it because it, it becomes relevant later. But then, like Rigel gets on the comms with Dargo. Yeah, he manages to get his comm working despite the fact that he has no hands to maneuver with. It's you know wriggling about and trying to press it or something. And he comes. Dargo's like, please help. I still haven't been. I'm dying in here. I still haven't been. <laughs> I was like, get me out of here. And John's like, where are you? I'm somewhere down below. And then Rakil hears this, grabs Rigel and says like, who is this? Luke Costello. And it's John's reply, yeah. <laughs> like, without missing a beat, it's like, 
Lou Costello. And then Raquel says, like, I am Raquel. And then Naranti introduces herself. She says, I am Naranti, and we're not your enemies. It's a misunderstanding. We know that you're Tarkin freedom fighters. And she says, we know who you are. You do? He's <laughs> like, yes, you're Tarkin freedom fighters. He's like, oh, you approve of the things we do. And John shoves Naranti away. Yes, yes, great fans, big fans. Uh, really uh, love what you do at the calamari place. Um, no, really Nobel Prize, uh, Nobel Peace Prize material. Oh right, because actually when I'd skip this, but when Naranti explains who Tarkins are in a previous scene, she mentions a planet, and John just gets it wrong, says calamari. Because you <laughs> you you see her like close up being like rolling her eyes, like oh calamari, that's not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then says, well, okay. Raquel says, yes. Well, even though you approve of our work, you attempted to rob us. Oh, that's only because I didn't know who you were. Uh. And John's like, look, you just hand him over to us. We'll punish the slug appropriately. And we'll be out of your hair. And Raquel responds with like, well, that's fine. He punches Rigel hard. But your friend isn't looking so good. So you probably should come and get him. I'll send an escort. And then John and Dargo are like, yeah, we don't trust this guy. Naranti is still like, no, he's talking freedom fighter. No, they're good people, good people. And like, no, we don't trust them. We want to ambush the escort when they get here. And John's like, and I have a plan to do it. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this is great because <laughs> so what we want, they want to take the 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 shield belt off them because they can't shoot them. So what John says, okay, you wait for them to come here. We ambush them, then hit them on a rock. <laughs> and Dargo's like, that's your plan. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Remember the lava actually killed him and that's like lava's like heat that's kinetic energy so a rock is also kinetic energy and i'm like he's not wrong well yeah i think i like that dargo's like that's your plan yeah and repeats is like you want to hit them with a rock when they have these like shield things but yeah so yeah i can go into a bit more depth on this because john says like okay getting hit with a rock is kinetic energy thermal energy is also kinetic energy yes and the idea is that it's different from pulse pistols which is probably electrical energy problem is there are really when you get down to it there are really only two types of energy and that is kinetic and potential and it's different what is different is what's moving yeah technically i thought electromagnetic had its was it separate well well electromagnetic energy but uh, it's yeah you have potential energy and you have movement of charge that's electrical energy you know movement of electrons oh that's still tech because it's movement it's still technically kinetic it's it, like that's a massive massive oversimplification oversimpli- and i'm probably forgetting so, yes. like a lot of intricacies but there's kind of it, it makes sense on the surface that like it's a energy blast of some kind but this is like kinetic energy okay if you go into the science, that doesn't really hold up. No. The thing is, I was actually... I was glad that they said, like, heat is also like kinetic energy. I'm like, you actually got that correct. That is right, that's, yeah. That's actually, actually not bad, because a lot of shows would have done that incorrectly. Yeah, like, like I said, I'm, I may be misremembering things. It, it's just like a little nitpick of this scene anyway, so it's not a huge important thing, but it's... Yeah, it it works in universe. It works in universe. It's I think what you could go with is like the pulse blast is higher energy, and it and it only the belts respond to high energy blasts. Yeah, that could be. What you could also do is that it's the speed at which something is moving. I think they use that in Stargate at some point. Yeah, where personal shields only block fast moving projectiles. So th- throwing somebody a staff or just a bow and arrow actually 
pierces that stuff actually this comes up in uh of all things dune by frank herbert it's that they have personal shields that, that stop anything that moves really quickly so everyone is trained in slow knife fighting oh interesting yeah <laughs> but it's also like if you hit a, a shield with a laser it basically makes a nuclear explosion so they have to fight <laughs> with knives <laughs> yeah that makes sense but yeah john john's explaining this to dargo and it's very like okay let me explain some basic science to you and dargo's like "Uh uh-huh 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 i have one remaining question who is luke costello again (laughs) it's great it's like it's like John's like Abbott and Costello. Come on, we've been over this. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. right. <laughs> I like the idea that he's been trying to explain Abbott and Costello to Dargo. Just imagine these two doing who's on first. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh man. How much do you think it would be to get them back into costume and do that for a bit? <laughs> anyway, the upshot is they figure that because the guy got killed by the lava, the belts only work against pulse energy so if we hit them with a rock we should be able to knock them out and take their belts and then naranti says like i can help you with that i can help with your plan help like you did last time yeah so we cut back up to chiana and sokozu who have found their or are trying to find their alternate method for working dargo's ship yes so they go past the um the barf spots and like okay this is yours sokozu says so then this must be John's, and we see actually at the bottom of the screen, see a little bit of a pile poke out. It's like, no, 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 Shanna's uh, like, no, 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 no. She walks around. This one is Dargo. So this pile sticks it's out the, way. It's the size of Chiana. I, how much? I don't. You're a, I don't believe you're, that you can vomit up that much. You weighed like it was another person inside of you, Dargo. <laughs> to be fair, Sakosu has the exact same response and. We're assuming that it's at ground level where he barfed on. Maybe he barfed on the rock and was raised up a bit. Maybe. It's still a hell of a lot. I would like to believe that that's not the case and that his pile of vomit is actually five feet tall. (laughs) Okay. No, you do not vomit up five feet of puke and just... like, Like it's a normal thing. And then go about your day like everything else is fine. No. No. I've been sick before. I've vomited a lot before, and you are not okay afterwards. You, you're not. <laughs> you're exhausted. It's the adrenaline, man. It's the adrenaline. That keeps sure. Okay. Where did he keep it? There's not that much space inside of you. <laughs> I don't care how big you are. There's not five feet of space inside your digestive tract. Maybe it's compacted in some ways. Like, as it's exposed to air, it foams up. <laughs> sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, this scene gets even better. Because uh. Chiana's like, yeah, this is his stuff. Just whips her hand through it. Just takes a lick. I'm like, oh, Chiana, no! <laughs> that was the point where my stomach went, excuse me, I, I, I like to fight like a plate. <laughs> I'd finished my dinner by that point, thank God. <laughs> I was like, oh. And she's like, okay, no. <laughs> It just Sikosa's look as she does that. It's like, what? <laughs> and Shanna just puts her hands in there and just walks off again. I'm like, oh, that scene is so good. It's really God, good. God, that scene is pure gold. I have a problem. There's a problem, though. And maybe you can speak to this as someone who's studied bi- biology, but... Is there DNA in your own bodily fluids? In theory, there could be. Because I, I, certainly in like urine or feces, I don't. There, there shouldn't be. I don't think. Like if we're talking about the thing blood, is, then yeah, sure. 
Yeah, yeah, that it depends on how sensitive the scanner is because everything in your body regenerates. So the cells that are on the outside, like on the inside of the stomach, probably one or two or three okay. let loose okay. at some point. There's always the chance that, that that one cell falls off. So if it's really sensitive, this would, in theory, work. Okay, I can buy that. But yeah, generally, this this does come up quite a bit as, as a common mistake, I think, in fiction and in sci-fi. Of like, ah, we need DNA, then let's get their poop and pee and vomit. It's like... Uh- when, when they do a DNA test, they take a swab. And it's not like they're scraping or anything. They just take a swab. So there's, there's some there's, skin there's, cells from in there. Yeah, they probably get a few skin cells from there. It's, like I said, if the sensor is sensitive enough, that would be you wouldn't need more than that. Okay, all right. I believe that. I, I'm convinced. Maybe I'm completely wrong, and we'll see that in the comments, but that's as far as I know I mean, this works. Okay, I would believe that. So, yeah, they, Gianna covers her hands in the vomit. And now it goes back At to the ship. At least she's wearing gloves. Oh, yeah. It's it's not as bad. It's the moment she tastes it. I'm like... <laughs> also, how do you know by tasting it? Never mind. <laughs> look, look. Jenna Dargo had a interesting relationship, and I think we shouldn't judge. What you do we shouldn't kink in shame. the privacy of your own bedroom is up. <laughs> it's entirely up to you. You know, it's your business. No judgment. We don't judge. No judgment. No. However, however, tasting the vo- <laughs> so anyway, they go back to the ship, and Sakosa's like, "Well, let me try." And Chan's like, "No, I'm the one who stuck her hands in the vomit. Let me do it." Yeah, like you want your turn, get your own vomit. Yeah. And Sakosa's like, "Well, I saw him start the ship up," and Chan's like, "Well." Tell me what to do. And so, like, okay, press these buttons and this one, and then they start it up, or they hit the buttons, and then it's like the ship is like power. At the sh- this ship is at your command, Cardago, and like ah, we got it. It's working. Okay, time to start figuring out this other sequences. Let's turn the cannon on. And Sakosa's like ah, I never actually saw Dargo use the cannon. It's like I don't know that. And Chiana just gives her that looks like what. Look, I never actually saw him use the cannon. I know I saw him start up the ship. I remember that. So they're gonna have to push buttons until until they find the right ones. <laughs> Little Chiana starts doing. Yeah, and Sikos is like, Chiana, pushing random buttons not gonna work. Look, if you want to turn, go get your own vomit. Yeah. <laughs> and then we cut away. We cut down to Naranti, Dargo, and John. And Naranti's got some more powder set up. Yeah, she's like, don't inhale. And she's blowing it through the rocky corridors where they are. Uh, and they're like, okay, step out of the way of that. Dargo and John hide. And uh, the guys who are coming to get them, they walk through the mist, basically. Mm-hmm. And, okay, okay, so... I love this. This scene is gold. It's so good because... It's pure gold. Naranti then steps out from behind a rock and says, like, Hey, fellas. And she starts dancing. And we see her, like, you know, she's twirling her skirt around and dancing. And then what we see what they see because the powder has done something to them. Uh-huh. And they don't see Naranti dancing. They see an attractive alien woman belly dancing in front of them yep and it's actually not just it's like she's got alien eyes big big eyes like round yeah. head kind of almost like your stereotypical like gray alien but like but uh pale skin colored and um is just dancing around and black hair as well not bald yeah and it's very obviously like it's not like a full alien costume it's just a head because it's like clearly a woman you know dancing around that's the idea it's like it's a belly dancer basically yeah and then the men are like Oh, 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 what is this? Like, licks his hand, puts his hair back a little bit. (laughs) And so she keeps dancing and then takes off like one of like an out uh, skirt. And we see that the, the, their vision takes off like 
one of her skills. It's basically it's the belly dance. It's dance of the seven veils. She's removing things. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But I also like that she's saying like, "I am the flower. You are the bee." Yeah. <laughs> and we have a few close-ups of the alien woman that they're seeing, and it's like they're like and a few close-ups of their faces. They're like, oh. Oh, she says that, and then John and Dargo sneak up on the guys uh, while they're staring at this and, like, uh-huh. raise up a rock. And kind of almost in sync, but Naranti keeps dancing while they're doing this. And she's like, uh, you are the man. And then Fomp hits them, and she's, I am the woman, and takes off everything. <laughs> and Dargo's like, ah! And turns around. But Dargo actually screams and turns around. <laughs> It's like his face is fantastic. John was just in time with turning his face back before he saw anything. John's just, just like, Dargo's face is like, <gasps> he turns around as well and they walk back a little bit and they both look back. It's like, turn <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> right back again. I'm like, oh God. And then we just see a close up of Naranti and I'm like, yes, God, that worked so well. <laughs> that was, uh, was such a good scene. That's so funny. It's so much fun. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of this stuff is just a lot of fun. Yeah, and I'm completely okay. Yeah, with this that. is this is great. This is uh, just really fun. So they've taken the they take the body shields, and you know mm-hmm. they're going to use them back up on the ship on Dargo's ship. Sakozu has got some vomit on her hands now. Yeah, and so she's trying so to move over. work the ship. And she's like, aha, okay, she gets it moving. She actually makes it take off. Yeah, and she aims it towards the cavern. It was, yes, the hole that got covered over with amber at the beginning of the episode. She's like, okay, I, I think this should fire the cannon. And we see the cannon powering up, and it powers down. I like how she goes, okay, this acquires the target, this primes the charge, and this fires. Great. <laughs> Keep trying. So, we go back down, and John and Dargo have put on the uh, energy shield. And it's like, okay, we have to figure out how it works. And the two guys are actually, they're still there. But they've been tied up. And they're like, well, it works when it's shot at. And Dargo's like, okay, okay, John, let me shoot you. Have you got any small appendages you don't need? What? No. No. <laughs> and Naranti walks by us, like, shoot him in the butt. It's big. It's like, hang on, don't do that. No, shoot me in the butt. Also, Naranti is still not clothed. Yeah. We, we just, you just see her from the neck up, but it's clear that she's got bare shoulders. And she's like, have to, come on. I didn't actually notice that until the end of the scene, but yeah, we'll get to yeah. that. So, <laughs> Dargo's like, look, okay, hold out your hand. And John's like, John's like, no, you have any small appendages you don't need? Oh, god damn it. He just shoots John in the leg. Yeah, and then it just then she goes bloop and absorbs the shot. They're like, oh, cool, it works. The shield goes down and they're like, hey, hang on, what just happened? It's energy saving mode. It'll go back on when it's needed. Yeah, so it only turn, it only stays powered on when it's hit by something. And so Naranti's like, okay, now can we go talk with the Tarkins? And John's like, well, no, there's no we. There's two belts and three of us. Yeah, and you're staying here. We thank you for your help in this plan, but we're going down there and solving this. So John and Dargo let the two guys they captured lead the way, and Naranti stays up there. And as Dargo walks past Naranti, she, he says, like, put some clothes back on. <laughs> That's when I realized she yeah. was still naked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they make their way down. Uh, they go down to the chamber Raquel and... Uh, Rigel are in. Basically, they're trying to use the two guys as hostages. Uh, we've got these two guys. You've got Rigel. Give us Rigel. We'll give you these two guys back. Yeah, we can all go our merry little ways. And Rakil's like, hmm. 
and just shoots the two guys. Yeah, it's like, why would I want these guys back? They're useless. They got captured. They're terrible. Okay, now we can't hurt each other anymore. And he actually then activates booby traps around Dargo and John. And then he says, like, okay, we're not actually Tarkin freedom fighters. It's funny you think we are. We're robbing them. Yeah. And John's like, oh, you know what? Okay, we don't care. Yeah, we're fine with that. Dargo's like, actually, we've done a few robberies ourselves in our time. <laughs> a few burglaries in our time. Because Rakil says, like, well, you picked the wrong place to burglarize today. And Rakil's like, who else is with, uh, with you? And Dargo says, I, I will not tell you. And what Rakil does is he gets a bucket of lava. Yeah. Because that's totally a well, thing you can do. It's a stone bucket, I guess. It's what it it's looks like. It's maybe an amber bucket. Oh yeah, maybe. Okay, that makes more sense. Maybe the inside is covered. And he basically, what he does is just takes his hand in there because, okay, we've established he's immune to yeah, lava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his body armor, I guess. And he just throws it at Dargo's back. And I'm like, that would not just do a little bit of damage. That would completely cause him to catch yeah, fire. Yeah, Dargo's just like, ah, ooh, ooh. Like I said, lava is, in movie land, lava is basically hot jam. <laughs> it has the consistency of it as well. When he picks it up, it's like... <laughs> It's like, ah, ooh, ooh, that stinks. It's like, yeah, that's, that's what this is. It's hot jam. That is probably the best description of movie lava I've ever heard. That's just, it's just hot jam. That's what it is. So she just flicks it at Dargo and it's like, okay, okay. <laughs> and it's like, where is the old woman? I don't want, uh, we, she doesn't have to suffer any longer. It's like, yeah, she's probably riding a broomstick. Yeah. Go frail yourself. <laughs> and he flicks it into John's crotch and like, ah, oh, ah, mm. <laughs> And yeah, so then we go back up to Chiana and Sokozu and they're trying to get to work and like try anything to get to the cannon. Like just, okay, push this button, try this one, try this one. And like, oh, oh. Oh, we got it. And then it... Pew! I like how she's like, just try any button. Try any button. What? Like this? And she just angrily slams a button. The cannon fires, blows up the <laughs> cave. It's like, huh. Oh. <laughs> and down below, everyone else hears that and feels the cavern shake. And they're like, John's like, ah. Or Dargo realizes like, that was Lola's cannon, like whispering to John. It's like, it must have been the girls upstairs. And John's like, uh, yeah, Rakil, that was our squad blasting their way in. If we're dead, they'll kill you. We die, you die. They'll slit you from crotch to nose, I think? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and then Rakil is going to go throw more lava on them, but the leader of the other of the men is like, hey, no, if that's true, then we need them as hostages. Ah, fine. And he gives the bucket to one of the other men there, and it's like, okay, we'll go upstairs, check it out. Come on. You, if they move, try to move... Yeah. And Rakil says, like, oh, why now? Why of all days? Why did you have to come here now? We've been planning this for so long. This this heist. John's like, life sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> and Doug like, yeah, quite well, quite often, in fact. <laughs> and Rakil's like, ugh. And it's like, he, he's going to go search for the ship and their squad. And so Chiana goes down the hole to check on them. And tells Sokozu, like, look if you can figure out how to cloak the ship. And so Rakil is patrolling with one of the men and they're talking about what they're doing and actually because he says that was two more men you killed that was completely unnecessary there used to be six of us i'm like whoa hang on wait what you only had five men and you just killed three yeah you don't have the manpower to indiscriminately kill people yeah that's the thing like (laughs) rakil is just killing people all over the place and he's like these are my men we don't have a lot of them he lost half his manpower because he killed them. Yeah. Rakil has has halved his finding power. John and Dargo didn't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. You can do that if you have like a several, several hundreds. Then it actually sets an example. Now you're just being an idiot. 
<laughs> but yeah, they're, so he's arguing about that. Chiana nearly runs into them, but she manages to hide. Also, while they're walking and arguing, Naranta just falls in line behind them, walks with them for a little bit, and just falls out of line again. They don't even no, notice her. Don't. It's fantastic. It's great. And she does she does run into Chiana, like, hide, hide. And then... What do you think I'm doing? And so then we see Dargo and John are like trying to convince the person who's guarding them to betray Rakil. Yeah, he's, he's killed half people already. I mean, you heard him. He can't have any witnesses. What do you think? You're going to walk out of this alive? <laughs> no. But the guard doesn't really listen. He doesn't quite buy it. And Rigel is uh, on, he's up on like a table or like a ledge and he's like rocking himself back and forth and he manages to drop onto the floor, which distracts the guard. And so John quick draws, shoots the guard's hand, not him because he has a shield, so the bucket drops and he gets all lava over his legs, which hurts him a little bit. Yeah. It's, it stings a little bit. But Rigel gets knocked into another trap and now gets completely encased in amber all the way around. That is one of the traps that was blocking John and Dargo, so they just step over. So they're him. able to leave, yeah. <laughs> and then we see that Rakil and the other man have got to the surface, and just before they get there, Sokozu manages to figure out how to make the ship invisible. Just the look of wonder on her face when she does that is pretty cool. She's so pleased with herself. She's yeah. just like, oh, yes, I did it, I did it. <laughs> Yes. And so, yeah, um, she d- they look around and they don't see anything. Like, hmm, let's head back. Our pod is still okay. Let's go. So, yeah, John and Dargo had an hour down there with Rigel and they took out the guard. And so they get the weapon, that, the thing that melts away the amber, and they start do, um, using it on, on Rigel. And they're like, okay, no, they're arguing about it. And like, okay, no, it's broken. And it's like, no, it just needs a new canister. It's out of fuel. It's like, no... Dargo's like, I'll go get a new canister from the level above, okay? Yeah, okay. And John puts that thing away, and then he gets attacked in the back from the guy that they apparently didn't knock out hard enough. They have a bit of a a brief tussle. Well, because what happens is he picks up Rigel encased in amber and hits John with him. And then he heaves it up above his head again to hit John, and John just punches him or gives him a shove away from John, which causes this guy to go to the edge of the lava pit, and he's like, oh, oh, and John's like, no, 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 no! And he, with Rigel still in his hands, falls into the lava. And just like, oh, crap. So now Rigel, we know that the amber... Like, this is, this is you know, good storytelling setup because we know that the amber protects from lava. But we also know that Rigel is running out of time because he wouldn't have a lot of air in there. And he's also... His bowels are, you know, still need emptying. and He might still explode. So he's down there and they can go get him if he can figure out how. John has an idea. Yeah, he has a pistol in his hand, and he's, like, going through his fingers, like, eeny, meeny, miny, moe. He's, like, pointing it. Don't even consider it, John! And we see Harvey coming out from behind a rock. Now, Harvey! Harvey is dressed appropriately for the situation. (laughs) he is! He's wearing a big, like, silver, uh, hazardous environment suit. Yeah, he's prepared. This is what you should wear when you're standing next to lava. You probably shouldn't stand next to lava even in that, but it would help. He's dressed more appropriately than literally everybody else. Apart from maybe Rakil, who has armor that protects him from lava, sure. Yeah, and he's also like, he's like a species that can resist lava or something. Interestingly enough, Harvey's the only person who wouldn't need that stuff because he's not real. (laughs) But he's like... No, don't consider it, John. It's not worth the risk. And he's trying to talk him out of it. Yeah, John's like, look, we know Amber protects the cases. 
Maybe it also protects Rigel. And we know that like the shield doesn't work on lava because it doesn't turn on because it's not high enough energy. So if I but if I shoot myself, maybe it does work. Then it will stay on and I can go into the lava and you know keep shooting myself to keep it turned on. I mean that's that's something he yeah, he realizes once he buzzes Harvey away. It's like, Harvey, go away. Yeah, uh, Harvey's not in the scene for very long because John's just like, no, get lost. I'm not arguing with you. Which is, I was disappointed. It's like, oh, I wanted a longer scene with Harvey. But he's just, he's basically, he thinks it's a really bad idea and is trying to talk John out of it. And John's like, no, go away. At least we've got a scene with Harvey. And so he he holds out his pinky finger and he shoots the pinky finger and the, the shield turns on and then he tries to, goes to dip it in the lava and his finger, and he's okay. Yeah, and he's like, ah, good. And then we see the shield turn off again, and he tries to put his finger back in. He's like, ah. Like I said, it's hot jam. It's hot jam. Yeah. I'm like, no, that would have. You wouldn't have a finger the tip anymore. Of your fin- yeah. yeah, that would have melted off the tip of your <laughs> finger, even though it, they didn't get very far. So, anyway, <laughs> we see, you know, Raquel and the man he was with, they didn't find any ship. There was nothing wrong with their transport. They're like, it must have been a bluff. Let's go back and dispose of the hostages. I love that his second-in-command says, pointing towards the giant crater that used to be entrance, then what did that? And he's like, maybe it was a gas explosion from the surface. I don't know. Does it matter? (laughs) Yes, I would argue it does, but... Yeah, Raquel just seems like he's frustrated and he's making dumb decisions. You know what Raquel is? What? Evil. He's evil. (laughs) Yeah. That's why he kills his men, only, uh, despite only having five. Yeah. <laughs> and so they head back down, but Chiana and Naranti are hiding. And uh, Naranti says to Chiana, it's like, they're not Tarkins, they're highly evil men, they're really evil. And Chiana's like, no shit. It's like, oh, yeah, I hadn't figured that out. But Naranti says to Chiana, it's like, no, if we have to get a message to the real Tarkins, they can come and sort this out. And Chiana's like, Sikozu can barely figure out how the weapons work on that thing. I don't think she knows how the radio works. But Naranti wants to, really wants to do it, so she's going to go up to the ship. Yeah, she goes off out of the cave. And, yeah, Chana goes further down. And so Dargo is trying to go up to get that canister, and he gets into a fight with one of the guys. Yeah, the, the second-in-command, yeah. I think. And we then we also see that John, he's enacting his plan, he's shooting himself and wading into the lava. I like how he mentions, like, well, this can't be good for the sperm count. Yeah, he's just, like, waist-deep in lava and keeps shooting himself to keep the shield on. But then we see that Raquel comes up behind him. No, it's even better, because what happens is John, he's like, is that you, Buckwheat? And John goes down into the lava, he disappears into it, and just Raquel comes back up. Yeah. And for a second there, I was like, wait, what just happened? And then John comes up with with Buckwheat, and it's like, Rachel, there you are. (laughs) And in the meantime... Oh, yeah, right. In the meantime, while Dargo's having his fight, he cuts the man's head off. Let's do this in order, because sure. Raquel and John get into a fist fight in the lava pit. Yeah. And he drops Rigel again, and they start fighting with each other. And Raquel quickly figures out that John is needs his pistol to actually remain uh, alive in the lava. Meanwhile, up top, Dargo is having a fight with the second-in-command, and uh, manages to push his head into one of the lifts and activate. He's like, oh, no, no! And it just chops off the head, and the body falls down, and the head gets sent down. And what, is, what does Dargo say again? Dargo's line is amazing. It, okay, he says, lift going down. <laughs> you see, I think they missed a chance there. They should have gone for heading down. Ooh, oh, that, that also works. <laughs> but I, I just, it's, even just that kind of one-liner from Dargo is just 
It's great. It's like lift yeah. going down. But the thing is, the head comes out in the fight that John and Raquel are having. It just rolls around. John's like, "Is that a head?" It's <laughs> <That's laughs> wrestling <with> Raquel. <laughs> also, again, it's like another kind of D and D thing because it's like, who's Dargo saying that to? There's nobody there. <laughs> the player's like, "No, this will be cool. I got a cool line for this." Look, let's be honest. I think I do one-liners when I'm gaming. Like, even if I'm by myself, because it's it's fun for yourself to do. <laughs> it's true. So, yeah, they, they're having the fight in the lava pit, and the head comes down, and then Raquel knocks John's pulse pistol away, and John's shield then starts to power down, and he's like, oh, no, no, uh-oh. He tries to grab the pistol, but Raquel grabs him, pulls him back into the pit, and he's like, now, without your puny weapon, you shall die. And then Chiana comes in, and John's like, shoot, shoot. And Chiana shoots Raquel, which doesn't do anything. And he's like, no, no, shoot me, shoot me. What? So just shoot me. And so she shoots John, his shield turns back on, and he's like, aha, punch. Bang. Yeah, and manages to get over overpower Raquel and throws him onto or like throws his head down onto one of the traps on the edge of the lava pit cases his head in amber and attaches it to the floor which means he's gonna suffocate down there and he's like okay and he's like yeah Anna, Anna, keep shooting me i need to go find buckwheat and it's like all right sure also when they have that fight and uh Raquel calls it an inferior weapon john is like you do not talk about winona like that <laughs> And so, yeah, then John goes, like, digging through the lava again to find Rigel. And so <laughs> he pulls Rigel up, sticks him up above his head. He's like, can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah! For me. But yeah, Dargo has arrived at that point as well. It's like, okay. We did it. Okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, they get out and we sort of cut to uh, John spraying Rigel with that uh, mist. Well, the thing to get him out of the amber. And then some actual Tarkins come in. And at first they're like, they pull their guns and John pulls the mist sprayer, which I'm like, yeah, that's going to help. But then they're like, no, no, we come in peace. And Naranti is there. It's like, no, look, look, we found them. These are real Tarkins. And we see actually the Tarkins look like Raquel. Raquel is actually a Tarkin. And here I thought he... They looked like the Sebastians, but okay. But but no, they they have the the, the same uh, headpiece that he does, the same makeup. It turns out that Raquel is actually a traitor turned pirate to steal from them, and they're like, no, we'll we'll take all this back. This is ours. We'll thank you, and you're free to go as long as you take and <laughs> you're free to go. Right, you'll the... farts at this point because he's finally free, and he's like, <laughs> and John's like, oh. God, what died in there? Oh my God. And Rachel's just his face like, oh, sweet release, sweet release. Yeah, and we, we, he does actually like go off to, you know, do his business. And, like, and then, yeah, they says, you're free to go. And then Helium farts. He's like, as long as you take him with you. I'm like, yeah, we'll take him. <laughs> the turkey having a high voice. But it's just also the, the, the running joke of Rachel just being like, <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh yes <laughs> the this is a very filthy episode yeah <gasps> i just realized this is a D party of 12 year olds well with the mental age of 12 year olds let's be honest here. <laughs> okay, let's fair. be honest 12 year olds are probably more creative <laughs> i think you give 12 year olds too much credit <laughs> i wasn't very creative at that age <laughs> To be fair, I'm not that creative at this age, but... Eh, um, anyway, so John says thanks to Tarkin, because they take the shield belts with them. 
talk and thanks Naranti for the uh, it's like oh thank you for the chinlack and because which is the stuff that she gave to the crew at yeah. the beginning of the episode. And you can see Darko and John being like, okay, we need to go. Meters running. Go on my with module. Us. Let's get out time of here. Time to go. Time to go. Rigel's heading. Oh, he's back on the ship, and they're like, I'll never eat again. And Chiana's like, oh, I don't know, roasted crack wing, and just listing off foods, and he's like, mm, um. <laughs> and John just quickly walks into the ship, pushes Chiana aside. Excuse me, sitting down. And Darko is at the at the controls, like. Oh, what's that smell? Oh, and these control. What do you guys do? And, and they say, like, well, Sakosa says, well, this is all you. Well, it's from you. And, like, we had to, <laughs> you know, make improvise. And Dargo's like, please don't. His expression is like, well, okay. <laughs> Whose idea was this? Sakosa points at Shanna, hers. <laughs> John's like, can we please take off before they find out that Granny has poisoned them? It's only a cleansing uh, uh, ritual. Uh, it's like, let's just leave. <laughs> let's go. And so Ugh. they they lift off and Dargo powers the ship up properly. And the ship says, like, you have one message uh, waiting. And John's like, oh, hey, we have an answering machine. Cool. <laughs> Hello. You have reached Lola. That's the name of my ship. I, um, I'm not here right now, so... Um... <laughs> I don't, it probably makes a sound once I stop this. I don't know what it is. Um, you can probably leave your message after that, or not if you don't want to. Bye. <laughs> Believe it or not, Doggo isn't at home. Please leave a message <laughs> after the beep. <laughs> so anyway, they take off, they listen to the message. Oh, right, stop being funny. Because this actually, this message is actually really sweet. Because if we hear we hear the garbled bit at the beginning. It's like, Car Dargo, this is pi- it's pilot, and it's our pilot. We recognize the voice. This is pilot. This is Moya. We have received your transmission. We are sending you our location, and we look forward to your return. We're going home. Yeah, it's a really nice scene actually at the end, and everyone is really happy. And they're like, Rigel's like, by the yachts, Moya's okay. She's waiting for us. And we see um, we see a shot from the back of the thing, and we can see out through the cockpit into space. And there's they take off and like. Moya's waiting for us. We can go home. Yes. And it's actually a really nice end to the episode. And we mm-hmm. cut off there. All right. That was Lava's a Many Splendid Thing. That, okay, that was a lot of fun, that episode. It was a fun episode. It was really it was fun. So much, and it even does a few fun character bits. Yeah, it does. John and Dargo sparring off each other. We see how effective Naranti is, which is not that effective. Well, no, Naranti did manage to distract the two guys. Okay, okay, fair. It's a start. It's, it's something. Um, yeah, God, this was just a lot of fun. And one of the things I liked about this episode, like, it was an episode of the week, right? It was like, here's your mm-hmm. standalone story. In comparison to the last two episodes, I don't feel, it didn't feel like it got in the way of a longer nope. plot. And I think part of that is because the people there, or the, the cast, the crew, engaged with it more. And, and John wasn't, they were trying to get away, but they were trying to get away because people were trying to kill them. Not yes. because he did, just didn't want to be there. He was like, well, people are trying to kill us. We need to get out of here. Yeah, we need to get Rigel and go. Which is that, in a meta sense, that is interacting with the plot, not ignoring it because you're not interested. Right? Yeah, you know? that makes sense. That, that's, I think that's why the last two episodes were a bit off because John repeated many times that he didn't want to be there and just wanted to ignore everything that was going on there and leave. Here he's like, okay, we have to deal with these guys and escape. 
the, the episode one, it's really focused on its characters, and it's having a lot of fun with them. Yeah. Like like you said, it's completely D&D, including them getting actual gear at the end, because they now have one of those shield generators. Yes. And just the, the writing is on point, especially for the uh, the banter between Dargo and John. Yes. And Naranti, and, you know, Chan and Sokozu. Like, this was a well-written episode. Like, mm-hmm. we, take, we take, like, Rigel out of the equation most of the time because he's trapped in amber but that's fine you know he's even the moment said he's still there he is still very much rigel and you know what's funny is that this is the first episode that the writer michael miller actually wrote for the series he did his research because he nailed these characters yeah and he also worked as a script editor for season four as well so we may see his hand in a few uh, future episodes nice but yeah so this was this was a lot of fun this well-written banter good like there's a few silly tropes like lava basically being hot jam yeah it's looks like farscape has never been on the hard side of science fiction right it's been soft sci-fi science fantasy at times you know with spirit world and magic and stuff so okay acceptable breaks from reality i guess it's funny because this episode very neatly highlights the difference between chiana and sukozu yeah where Chiana is very much instinct, mm. and Sokozu is very much intellect. Yeah, definitely. Sokozu is just trying to re- rationally think her way through, okay, what's, break it down, what's the best step, and Chiana just goes by the seat of her pants, just her gut. Mm. And it shows that both of their approaches have merit. So, yeah, I'll, let's put a rating on this episode. I would rate this, uh, just in pure enjoyment factor, pretty highly. Yeah, I originally I was going to go 3 out of 5, but I'm going to go 4 yeah. out of 5, because... Talking about it, I was also reminded how much fun this yeah, episode is. it's four is. out of five. Just, you know, it's just, just pure fun factor. Yeah, and we've said before, like, typically we want, you know, for really, really high marks, we usually want something dramatic, but this episode is just a lot of fun and really well written. You know, it's... The thing is, it tries to execute something, and it does that incredibly well. It's not, it's not something fancy, it's not something grandiose or sweeping, it's just simple Villain of the Week setup that highlights these characters... Gets them into a few interesting situations, has an interesting plot, interesting villain, and just there's no point where like I would have cut that or that's not appropriate or that that probably needed more time. Had an idea, executed it practically flawlessly. Yeah, it's very streamlined from a production yep. sense. And like I said, I compared it to the last two episodes. Those were there was there was too much. That was a mess. That you know that was a jumble of things. This has an idea and it just executes it. Bam, bam, bam. Here's I know what it's not overcomplicated. Yes, that's it. It's not to say it's like really simple, but it's not you know it doesn't pile upon itself these ideas. No, it doesn't add layers that it doesn't need. And some yeah, sometimes that's all you need. Just a very basic plot when you have characters that are well written and well acted. And like yeah, they, we had good set design. It all you know fit together very nicely, and you end up with a, a really enjoyable, fun episode. So yeah, there we go. Four out of five for Lava's a many splendid thing. Good stuff. So let's talk about what's up next week. What do we have? That must be an interesting episode with the reunion and everything. Yeah, we are going to meet up with Moya again. Uh, now, do I want to spoil what what happens? Hmm. You know what? I'm not going to tell you anything. Cool. I'm just going to say the crew of Lola reunite with Moya. That's fine. That's good. Because I, 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 I've taken that bullet. But like I said, I, I, I remember more about the series than, than uh, Red does. So I have an idea of what's coming. So I've, I've seen it. 
And I feel it would be better if I do not tell you. Completely fair. And that goes for listeners as well, if you've uh, not been watching along or reading ahead or anything. There's a reveal, I, I will say. That's all I will say. Ooh. There's something. Something goes down. Okay. So look forward to that next week. I don't want to, you know, get everyone's hopes up yet because I haven't watched the episode. But from the premise that I've seen that you haven't seen, that it, but you can go look it up. I mean, it's not hard to find. <laughs> it, it it should be really interesting. All right. So that's what I'll. That's all I'll say. I'll just tease. Just, just give you a little tease. Little tease. Yeah. Like now, I just want to grab my DVD and just watch it right now. Mm. But I mean, there's nothing stopping you. Anyway. No, I'll do it later. All right. So that's gonna be it from us this week. And. Uh, yeah, this was this was a fun episode to watch, and this was a lot of fun to talk about. Actually, we had we yeah. had a laugh with this. This is good, and yeah, let us know what you thought, and we'll be back next week. And as always, you can find us around the web. In the meantime, on Twitter at Cantwahats and Red at Red Nightmare Seven. Don't forget Cantwahats.co.uk for previous episodes, other podcasts, links to the Patreon, which is Patreon.com/slash/Cantwahats, which supports this and other projects. And you can also find on the website links to RSS feeds and iTunes. And if you find us on iTunes, consider leaving us a rating or a review. Helps us out a lot. All right, so enough of that spiel. That's it from us this week. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Have a good week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, hey, Red, I made you a snack for while uh, we record. Oh, thank you. That's very considerate of you. Hey, have this peanut butter and jam sandwich. Ah, ah, God, that's not jam, that's lava. Oh, oh, sorry about that. Um, Wait, this isn't peanut butter, this is... Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Oh, I really should label these things. (laughs)